You're about to hear Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello and welcome to our first Altered Stories podcast. My name is Michelle Renee Gutch, founder and host of this new and exciting Christian women's internet radio talk show. Today, we'll be talking with Amber Gutch. Amber lives in Littleton, Colorado with her husband, Greg, and their son, Wyatt. She's a Colorado native and attended Moody Bible Institute where she received her degree in youth ministry. Amber and Greg were married almost a year when her son, Wyatt, was born 16 weeks premature. Yeah, they, they told Greg, we will probably, he probably won't make it, so we're going to have you hold him while he dies. And so he was in the NICU with, with Wyatt because he was waiting to like hold Wyatt while he passed. And they were like, actually, your wife is worse than him, so we're going to have you go sit with her and we'll call you if Wyatt's going to die. And so like, yeah, it was, it was not pretty <laughs> We're going to hear how Amber and her family dealt with the situation and overcame all odds. Come with me now and listen as she shares her amazing God story. Our story was definitely a unique one. My husband and I got married and we've been married six months and we found out we were pregnant, which was an exciting surprise, definitely yes. a surprise. Yeah, we weren't planning on it, but we fell in love the second we found out that we were pregnant. And um, we didn't actually get to go on a honeymoon, so when we found out we were pregnant, we decided, like, before the baby comes, we're gonna go on a trip, and decided to travel to Montana to see some of Greg's family. Um, such a beautiful state. It was beautiful. So that was our, you know, attempt at a honeymoon, but halfway through, I started to have seizures, and I had something called eclampsia, which was essentially my body was shutting down. It, The pregnancy was poisoning my body, and so it shut down my liver and my kidney, and scary. It, it was really terrifying. So we were essentially told, you have to deliver right now or you're going to die. So we had about two hours notice and had to deliver Wyatt at 24 weeks. So... Wow. You know, 24 weeks, there are women today that have abortions. That early. That early. Yeah. Wow. So that's, I mean, 24 weeks is early. Very. Um, they said if he was born just a couple days sooner and he wouldn't have even been saved, but um, 24 wow. weekers. So he was one pound, four ounces, and smaller than a beanie baby. So very, very small. I remember seeing pictures of him on Facebook. It was unbelievable. Yeah, you could just hold him in your hand if it weren't for all the medical equipment, obviously. So yeah, he is a fighter though. And yes, he had a 50% chance of survival. I was actually worse off than him. So yes, my husband had to, you know, go back and forth between the two ICUs, just like trying to be there for both of us but you know wow. we just didn't know who was gonna make it if either of us were going to make it it was it was a very challenging time for sure at 24 weeks we were told that his odds weren't very good and then we were basically told we were gonna have to move to Montana because you know why it was gonna be in the hospital for at least four months if not longer but at yeah. two weeks he needed to have heart surgery and because he was so small the surgeon there didn't feel confident doing surgery on a child right his size and so they decided they were going to fly us to Colorado so we went to the children's hospital in Aurora mm -hmm. which was where he was able to have his heart surgery but it was a huge blessing because it allowed us to come home we were able to right you know 
be home with our son and to not have to be living in a Ronald McDonald house, which was our alternative in Montana. So that was, I mean, you never want your kid to have to have surgery, but it was a blessing in disguise because it brought us home and, you know, be able to be with our friends and our family and have a lot more support system that way, which was so amazing. Yeah. When was the point of knowing that you were going to make it? It was about four days for me. Okay. Um, really, the first couple days were the most critical for me. For so. you. Okay. And it was hard because once I was finally able to, like, come to and find out what had happened with Wyatt, I wanted to go see him. And they were like, nope, no. you're still in the ICU. You can't stand. You can't even sit up, let alone be wheeled in a wheelchair down to see your son. So it was yeah. about four days before... I was able to move from the ICU to a just regular, you know, hospital room, and then I was able to go did see the, Wyatt. Did the church rally around you at that time, or Greg, or did you have... It was amazing, uh, actually. Tell, yeah. Share a little bit about how God used your family or used your friends or those in your church body to come alongside you. <laughs> yes, Wyatt. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, it was so cool to see just the church body as a whole to come together because we had churches in Montana that, you know, heard our story through the grapevine. You know, we had people who were doing missions all over the world, and so they had people in Poland and, you know, in South America, like people praying for us all over the world and people really gathering just to support us and back us up a lot of people gave financially which was amazing we currently are almost two hundred thousand dollars in medical debt which is wow insane but because we were born out of state we didn't have all of the insurance that we Mm -hmm. needed why it qualified for colorado medicaid but we were in Montana, and so... That made it you know, a lot more complex. Yes, and so having mm-hmm. people give financially helped us pay off some of those initial medical bills that were coming, and that made a huge difference for us. I mean, <laughs> we're still in debt, but, you know, we're working to fight it. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was amazing to see people gather in prayer and with money and with food and, you know, all of the critical things we needed at the time. At that time. Yes. Yeah. It's so interesting then your son was brought to um, Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. needed the surgery, the heart surgery, mm-hmm. to keep going and yeah. to keep fighting. Were there times when he, you know, was recovering that you were concerned or thought that maybe he he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. It was about three months, actually, before they could tell us, we think he's probably going to live. So the first three months, we had no sense of security, no sense of, you know, he would be doing okay one day, and then the next day he'd be really sick, and they'd be like, okay, you'd better come in. We don't know if he's going to make it. And it was just an up-and-down battle for... The first four months, for sure, just because you just never knew what was going to happen. And every week was a new experience. There was one week where his cannula was rubbing his nose so raw that we were afraid he was going to lose his nose. And another week where his eyes weren't forming properly and we weren't sure if he was going to be blind. And 
another week we were told, you know, he was probably going to have to be trached, which is where they insert a breathing tube into your trach so that yeah. you can breathe through that. A lot of smokers have it or really sick children. And so every week it was a new adventure, oh. <laughs> if you can call it an adventure, wow. just in terms of medical issues and development. Cause uh. You do so much developing in the womb, and when you're growing yeah. outside of the womb, it's just a lot more complicated. <laughs> so, yes. Oh, you know. sure. How did you feel like God met you personally in the circumstances? It's a great question. I think for us, a really big part of it was that we literally had no control over anything happening. We, you know, we couldn't even hold our child without permission and, you know, let alone know what we were going to do with medical issues and financial issues. I had to quit my job so that I could be with Wyatt, which was a very worthwhile um, thing to do because if I had been working, I wouldn't have been able to be with him every day at the hospital. And I think that's a big reason he did as good as he did. But... It was really overwhelming, and it was kind of that place where it's like either you're going to blame God for everything that happened, or you're going to cling to Him because He's all you have left. And in our case, you know, we just we couldn't help but lean on God. The hardest part was not knowing, you know, like we're praying for Wyatt's health, we're praying for Wyatt to, you know, succeed, but sometimes God says no, and it was the challenge of Mm -hmm. knowing that God was good regardless of the outcome with Wyatt and knowing that God that had... That takes a pretty strong, mature <laughs> believer it to go easy. there. <laughs> Certainly yeah. not easy. You've shared a lot about, you know, how God met you in the circumstances and all of the challenges you had and the ups and downs. How do you see this experience affecting the way you look at God now? You're, you know, you look at your son and seeing all of what God is d- doing, you know, how do you process all that? That's a really good question. I think a huge part of it has just been learning about God's goodness because every step he's taken us through, he said, just trust me on this next step. Just trust me on this next step. You know, I... They say God won't give you anything you can't handle. I don't think that's true. I think Mm -hmm. God gives you things that are far greater than you can handle, but Mm -hmm. he never gives you anything that he can't handle. And throughout this journey, we've just learned, okay, we're in over our heads, but God's got this. And it's, you know, given us the ability to trust in him when the next mountain comes, when the next, you know, the next overwhelming obstacle crosses our path, we now can look back and say, but look at how good God was. How can we not trust him in this as well? And so it's really built a foundation for us of being able to trust God with whatever's around the corner. And we know there will be more. (laughs) But yeah, it's given us a firm foundation to stand on and to be able to say we know God is good and we know he's going to pull us through. That's awesome. I know that you guys had aspirations as a young couple, and I know Greg wanted to go on to be a missionary pilot. (laughs) I mean, and of course, things have changed, not saying that you can't still achieve and do those things, but it's going to probably be in a different time. Yeah, our dream was to be bush pilots in the middle of nowhere, Papua New Guinea, and obviously with a medical child, that's not an option (laughs) for us at this point. And 
you know, it's rerouted us. It doesn't mean we won't someday be missionaries overseas, but now our mission field is here, and that's where God has very firmly placed us, and that's where we have to be, so. Yes. Amber, can you share a little bit about how, you know, you dealing with this journey mm-hmm. versus how Greg, as your husband, as a father, handled the stress? How, from your perspective, did did Greg go through that process? Yeah, I, actually in the NICU, they did classes about, hey, this is how men and women handle it differently, because that is such a big deal for me, especially because why it was in the NICU, because my pregnancy had not gone right. It was a personal thing. I Physically, when you actually look at what happened, it was actually Wyatt poisoning my body, but I felt like, oh, this is my body that failed him. And so I took a lot of that mom guilt. I mean, it's a real thing. <laughs> and so I took a lot of that mom guilt and I felt terrible because my child was in there because my body failed him and you know all of those lies that you believe and Mm -hmm. so that has been even now just a really big obstacle that I have to daily remind myself that it's it's not my fault but it definitely affected how I saw myself as a mother and the inability to just pick up my child whenever I wanted to because he had so many medical things attached to his body and you know he had breathing tubes if you picked him up and it slipped he could die and so for Greg it was a lot more challenging and like I said we had gone down to a single income instead of two and so the stresses of being the provider and taking care of me and you know being the rock for our family was very straining at times for him because he had to balance so many things and he was actually finishing school at the same time so you I know remember that. working full-time taking classes with school trying to be there for me it was overwhelming for sure but it grew us closer together and we were able to have those conversations and I saw that how God was working mm-hmm. through the prayer and just through the support of your parents and yes you know the support of Greg's family Mm -hmm. and um, just really amazed at the strength that God gave Greg and to be the rock and to keep going and we didn't see all those behind the scenes Mm -hmm. things so thank you for sharing that yeah I mean God created spouses to support each other and Greg was definitely my rock during that time I could not have gone through any of that (laughs) and come out quite as good as we have without Greg's support. Yeah, being a young newlywed couple and then having this all laid on you, I just... Yeah, they say your first year is Ooh. hard. We <laughs> tested the waters there yeah, with we, you, girl. We tried it. We did the hard part, so yes. we decided it's going to be smooth sailing from here, right? Like nothing else could ever happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what was your darkest time? Oh, man, so many it's mm-hmm. it's a roller coaster. They say in the NICU, it's one day you're up and the next day you're down. So, in some ways, I think the initial shock of everything happening because mm-hmm. we didn't see it coming, we had no time to prepare, and that was really challenging because one day we were healthy and the next day we were NICU parents without any mental preparation or, or anything. Yeah, oh we my got gosh. thrown into it, and I think in some ways that initial shock was the hardest but in other ways I mean we were in the hospital six months before Wyatt came home and it was just the endless you know ups and downs and it 
really wears you down after a while. And yes, I think in a way that was more challenging because we were like, okay, we've we've done our time. We, you know, we were initially told your kid will be in the NICU at least four months if they make it to that. And then four months came and he still wasn't ready to go home. And then, mm-hmm. okay, maybe by this time he'll come home. Nope, he didn't come home then. Maybe by this time. And just the... The feeling of endless, mm-hmm. will this ever end? Will we ever get out of here? Not knowing when and where your happy ending was going to be was almost as challenging because it's the expectations that had failed or all of that pain that came with that was and almost as challenging. The exciting part, though, was toward the end when you were able to get him we brought, brought home. Baby home. And, and this was right around the first of the year, wasn't we it? We brought him home on January 1st. We started our year off with a joyous, joyous beginning. It was so wonderful. I remember how excited all of, even the people I was sharing with, mm-hmm. they were like championing, yeah. go Wyatt, go Wyatt, go Wyatt. So it was a big, you know, a testament to God's goodness. Oh, it was so good. And I would like to kind of hear a little from you now and if you reflect back on the experience on um, you know the joy that you've had being able to be here with Wyatt now and seeing him go through the changes now how old is he? He is almost 21 months. Almost 21 months. Getting so big. Tell me how how has that brought joy into your life to be able to just see him go through the changes and you know where he's at to this day in terms of his development well everything with a micro preemie is definitely a challenge developmentally because you he spent so much time in the hospital so for instance because he had so many times he had you know breathing tubes and other things forced into his mouth he has what they call an oral aversion and he cannot physically eat. So we have to feed him through, it's called a G-tube. It's a mm-hmm. hole in his stomach that we plug a machine into and feed him that way. And, you know, in developmental terms, he's very delayed because he's four months earlier than, you know, what his age is. So mm-hmm. he's 21 months, but really he should be 17. And mm-hmm. so just trying to not just catch him up, but just to keep him on track with that has been just a lot more challenging than a normal kid would be. He, mm-hmm. um, we work with doctors, we work with dietitians, we work with physical therapists, we're going to work with eating specialists, GI specialists. It's definitely not your run-of-the-mill average baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He keeps us very busy with appointments, and it's a lot more challenging, but then it's a lot sweeter every step that he takes, every time we reach a goal we've been working towards, because it doesn't come naturally to Wyatt. It just makes it all the more special when he does reach those milestones and when we finally accomplish the things we've been setting out to do. And we, you know, with the perspective of he shouldn't even be alive, then it's okay if he's delayed. It's okay if it takes a while before he learns how to eat. There's always hope and God gives us that strength to push through and, you know, do all those appointments. But it's been really cool because we have the bittersweetness of, wow, this is hard, but look at how bad it could be. I mean, I told you earlier, we thought he might lose his nose at one point and we thought he would be blind and he has a nose and he can see without glasses. So, yes. you know, it's, it's all the little victories that really are 
miracles in themselves that yes. we get to hold on to and celebrate each little step. You know? It's such a delight. So if you had any advice to give to those couples, there's a mother that might be struggling right now. Maybe their child is in the NICU, you know, and they're there every day going back and forth and they don't know. What advice would you give or what would you share to those that are actually struggling? I think, and this is true for kids with any medical issues really, but I've learned it's okay to be angry. It's okay to mourn what you're missing out when you are, hey, I'm not getting the normal experience. And that's okay to be upset and to be hurting. A lot of times I feel like the church tends to say, oh, but God is good. And yes, God is good, but God can also handle all of your emotions. And when you're upset, he wants you to come to him and say, hey, I'm struggling, God. This seems unfair. And he can take it. He's not going to be angry at you for being upset. He's not going to punish you for asking, why me? You know, and I think it's really hard to admit as Christians when we're struggling and when we're experiencing hardships. And I think it makes us uncomfortable as Christians. And we often want to like shove it under the rug and say, oh no, don't talk about how you're struggling. And you need a place. You need to find people that you can come to and say, I'm really upset right now and I'm really struggling. And to find solid Christians who will take it and say, yeah, that's not fair. Or yeah, you're allowed to be upset. And I think finding that safe place is so important and to know that it's okay but also to know that God is good. And, you know, you may not want to hear it at this point, but he is good and he has a plan. And I don't know what that plan is for you, but I would say after everything we've gone through, I don't know if I would change what happened. I mean, I wish my kid was healthy. I wish that he could experience normal child things. But at the same time, we've been on such an amazing journey and to see how God has used Wyatt so much in the last two years I don't know if I could say that changing it would you know mm-hmm. be worth it because God has used him and he has this incredible journey and I know that God's just going to continually bless and use our son and so I I don't know if I would actually change what we went through because I've seen now that we're a little ways away <laughs> I've seen all of the blessings that have followed everything that we experienced Do you feel everything is stacked against you? Know that you are not alone in your journey. Altered Stories is a brand new ministry. If you'd like to get involved or like additional resources and support, please check out our website at alteredstories.org. Thank you for listening today. Altered Stories Ministry helps women to share their God stories to help those women who need to hear them. We're looking forward to having you join us next time as we share more Altered Stories.